We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the floor is yours. Okay, so in Surah Al-Adiyad, um, Allah is swearing by war horses that are used in jihad that man um, ignores and is ungrateful for the favors that Allah allows us. And um, I did have a question here because horses came up again in the next surah. And so I was just wondering what the significance of horses is, specifically, I guess, for horses. But um, yeah. So do you want me to answer that now or do you want to? Uh... I can just finish this this year first. Yeah. And then... Okay. Let's do that. Um, and so he's swearing by war horses that. Um, we are ungrateful and Allah is saying that both he himself and mankind are witnesses to the negligence that we commit on our part um and that we also commit this because we have a severe love of wealth was like the exact um phrase that the tafsir used and that's um that has two implications meaning that we like to hoard wealth but also we're stingy with it. So like we want more, but we don't want to spend it. And that's a problem because there's been so many things by now where it's like, you must do charity and whatnot. Um, and then after talking about the problem that exists, Allah encourages abstinence from worldly things. And it reminds us to strive for the world after because that is what we have to answer to. And when we do have to answer to it, we will be pulled from our graves like the earth will throw us out. And um, there will be the content of our, soul, of our souls that is bared for everyone to see. And that is what has any worth, not how much um, wealth you have accumulated in, the, in this world. And I think that was it. Okay, that was good. And so, so a couple of points. The adiyats, <laughs> we find a lot of, of discourse about a couple of particular animals throughout uh, our, the Quran, the Hadith. One is horses, another one's camels, another one's donkeys, uh, and then to a lesser degree, sheep and such. And mm -hmm. looking at them all, both just as, as very, very significant animals, as well as um uh using them for metaphors and so <clears throat> these adiats so these war horses they're like the thoroughbred race horses that you would have you know in the kentucky derby and such mm -hmm. and and think about how they race the the jockey is making them go faster and faster and faster to the point that mm -hmm. they will even get a heart attack if, right. uh, if the jockey keeps pushing them and so so that is what we are being prescribed to be like with Allah. Okay. That if Allah is telling you to go faster and faster, that we then go faster and faster. Okay. And but what prevents us is is essentially the the greed that we have in our hearts, um, and, or just the love of dunya. That's one of the biggest obstacles we have that prevent us from uh, serving Allah more. And love of dunya is synonymous with narcissism. The ultimate love of dunya is love of the self. And, okay. and so the less love I have of dunya, the less attachment I have of dunya, the less attachment I have of myself, the easier it is for me to thoroughly uh, obey Allah Ta'ala. Okay. And... And so that, in a nutshell, is, is what's going on in this surah. That 
we want to be like those horses that even aren't going to think if they're going into dangerous ground, they're going to go because that's what they're being told to do. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, one of my teachers would always quote the charge of the light, uh, light brigade, this poem, you know, like theirs is not to wonder why theirs is just to do or die, mm-hmm. you know, or do and die. And, and so that's what the horses are like. And in contrast, donkeys just do whatever they want. Right. Yeah, so that's the overall theme here. Were you inspired by this, um, or like the mention of the horses and these suras to include that in your um, classes, like in the Ramadan reflection ones? I think you talked about it earlier. Yeah, I think about, I, I mentioned this metaphor yeah. all the time. It's coming straight yeah. from this surah, yeah, over and over again. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're gonna hear um, from it. You're gonna hear hear that metaphor from me hundreds of times through your college career, inshallah. I love horses, um, so I have no problem with that. And then another question that I had was in the next surah, it talked about how, or was it a hadith that was mentioned in the tafsir, since we're on the topic of like horses, where it said that horses serve three purposes for the person that's like owning them. They either bring reward to the person with like everything they do, and that is the person is raising a war horse for jihad, and they serve as a shield to the person. The person is using the horse to like be independent of um, others to sort of uh, for self-sustenance and um, then there's the people that like collect them and I guess brag about them and for them it's a burden mm-hmm. um, and so I suppose that like my question would be is that sort of forbidding horses recreationally or like owning horses recreationally because that is very much a culture I think I mean I don't I don't think it's forbidding it as much as it's saying that you know here's the benefits here's the detriments Okay. And and so the primary purpose of a horse is not unlike the primary purpose of having a car. You know, mm-hmm. you can use your car to take you to, to go do good things. You can use your car to take you to go through bad things, or you can be a car collector, right? Okay. Uh, but uh, if you're taking, if you're just getting a horse only for recreation, then you probably have. Um, all kinds of excess wealth mm-hmm. you know? and Makes so sense. it's probably a caution but i don't think it's a prohibition okay all right thank you i just had that question because i'm from um in barrington it's like very much a horse town mm-hmm. everyone here either rode horses at one point or has horses currently and then my grandpa also is very invested in race horses in Interesting. India. okay very right <laughs> yeah so yeah, uh, I mean, because we also do have narrations about racing horses, like narrations that go so far as to say that uh, if you are racing horses, like if you're racing them for money, mm-hmm. and you know your horse is going to win, then it's gambling. But if right. you don't know, then it's not gambling. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really, really interesting. I, I mean, that. we'd have to put those in the narration, uh, in the, the whole universe of ayahs and hadith and gambling and such. But yeah, literally... That's what the Hadith say. So would you be using those horses otherwise primarily for recreational purposes or primarily for, for war? I mean, I'm guessing they're probably using them primarily for, for some usage, some, you know, right. some benefit. But, uh, uh, but the point is that <clears throat> it seems like it could possibly also mean horses that you just own for recreational purposes. Right. I, mean, I suspect even in their environment, uh, having an animal for recreation purposes would probably be itself a burden 
is, I mean, it's different than suburban America, you know, mm-hmm. where like if you own a horse, either you own a lot so big, you know, much so that a horse can live there or you have someone else who's actually taking care of your horse. Yeah, you board them. You know, so, so yes, yeah, so I'm guessing it's probably just harder to have uh, horses purely for recreational purposes. Yeah, I think they might be one of the most expensive animals to just have recreational, domesticated animals at least. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was just curious. Yeah. Um, and then so for Sewer 99, Al Um they provided some background first as to, I think, how the sewer was revealed. I'm not sure if that's what the background was for, if it was just there for the sake of being there. But essentially, it was an old man came to the prophet and asked to be taught something to recite. And so the prophet was like, okay, how about this? And he didn't like it. He was like, my tongue is hardened from age. And then I think it was like on the third attempt that the prophet said something about the, like, this also like the day of judgment, the earth cracking open, et cetera, et cetera. And that sort of struck a chord with the man and he was like yes this is good and so he went away um and the prophet remarked the man had been successful like the little man is successful and he asked us like the man to be brought back to him and when this man came back to him he asked the prophet about what type of sacrifice he can make for idolada because he doesn't have i think like livestock he was saying something about having a borrowed camel which obviously wouldn't be his own camel um and so the prophet was like no practice proper hygiene and that will be enough of a sacrifice and so i guess that's like a comment on staying with the new means i wasn't sure exactly why this was put in place in the tafsir other than the mention of like um the prophet talking about al-zalzala like the day of judgment and the earth's earthquake but that's how it started and then the surah goes on to talk about, again, the day of judgment and what will take place during it. And so this is described as like a massive earthquake, not anything small, but like the whole earth will essentially be shaking. And uh, um, when this happens, the earth will throw out its burden, being all the bodies of the dead. And it will also throw out its liver, I think is what they said, meaning like columns of gold and silver. And when this happens, people themselves, like murderers, thieves, etc etc will come forward and they will say that I committed a crime for like this wealth like for the gold for the silver um but it won't just stop there the earth itself by the power of God will testify against everyone it will be allowed to do so and so every single person will have to essentially answer not really answer to the earth but watch as the earth says while they were on me they did this 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 and this and um, then this sort of general theme of the Day of Judgment goes on to a more focused stance on small good and small evil, in which um, they were talking about how every single good and bad deed will be counted, even if it is as small as a speck of sand, I think. And um, they were saying that because of this, you should strive to do any good you possibly can and this can be something as small as giving half a date in charity or just smiling when you see someone and uh, this also is again a double-edged sword so you should strive away from even the smallest bad because that will add up and that's essentially what they're saying like every single tiny good and bad will add up and that will be what you have with you on the day of judgment like that's what you will have to account for and there were some examples that were listed of the smallest good deeds and how um, the smallest sin should be avoided. But I think that that's how the tafsir ended. Yeah, I think that all of that was good. 
in the context of why is this being discussed in Tafsir, what is the essential point here? <clears throat> the essential point here is that uh, uh, what matters in the end of the day is your actions. We conclude a major part of that is what you do with your, your finances and all that. And nothing will, will, will be left unexposed. And, and yeah. And as you're reading through surahs like this and commentaries like this, <clears throat> and like it says, you know, and humanity will cry what's wrong, what's going wrong. Mm-hmm. Try to imagine that that's you. Right. So like you're waking up and you're in the middle of, of the most colossal earthquake you've ever experienced. And then out of terror, you're running from your house to whatever seems safe and you keep running and such, but you're so terrified, you're not even going to care about anybody in your family. You know? and, and then <clears throat> look at that as, uh, what's the word, as just a reminder that this day is inevitable. So either you can be in anxiety about the day or just say, or just decide, okay, you know, this is literally the purpose of this existence. And so let's prepare for it as well as we can. Yeah. Okay, good. Any questions? Um, not about the surah. Oh, my mom wanted to ask. Um, oh, then should I drop oh. the recording? Uh, okay. Oh, Subhan- yeah, sure. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfirika natubilaik.